Welcome to the Grace South Bay Church Podcast, where we discuss sermons, theological ideas, and how to live for a story larger than ourselves. I'm Matt Cabot, an elder at Grace South Bay and host of the podcast. We're continuing our conversation on our sermon series called The Gospel is Greater Than Politics. The political arena is often marked by heated division, accusation, confusion, and weariness. In this four-part series, Pastor Bob Crossland discusses how Christians can engage with politics in a more hopeful and life-giving way. Today we're talking about Bob's third sermon, titled Hopeful. We'll look at how the church's mission of proclaiming the gospel and making disciples should change the way Christians engage in the political process. We'll talk about that and more on today's podcast. Glad you're with us. Let's dig in. So Bob, the title of your sermon is Hopeful. Do Christians have a good reason to be hopeful when it comes to politics? You know, the, so that's interesting in terms of when it comes to politics. Do Christians have a good reason to be hopeful about politics, hmm. per se, as politics go? And, you know, what's interesting is that that probably depends on your eschatology, Matt. Mm-hmm. So are you amillennial, premillennial, or postmillennial? Right. And we're not going to get into that right now. Or so. uh, <laughs> a partial preterist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pre-trib, pre-mill. Right. So we're not going to talk about that right now. So... Um, but can Christians be hopeful as they engage in politics? Okay. And yeah. that, I think, is what we're addressing here, because as we look at the political arena, like you mentioned in your introduction here, like it can just be such a, a miserable yeah. feeling, and you look out there, and it's just depressing. Mm-hmm. So can Christians be hopeful even as they look at that, and even as they must engage uh, the political arena as citizens in the United States of America? And the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. because the Christian's call and mission goes beyond the political, right? Because Mm -hmm. gospel proclamation, the priority of gospel proclamation and making disciples goes beyond simply the political duties Mm -hmm. uh, and and the political realities of our current country. And so that makes Christians incredibly hopeful. We know that Jesus has all the authority, right? Mm -hmm. All the authority that that exists, Mm -hmm. he has it. And he goes with us all the days in order to do what? To make disciples of all nations, teaching them all that he has commanded. So we have every reason to be hopeful because that's what we are about. Even as we do our jobs as citizens in the United States of America Mm -hmm. or wherever wherever else we find ourselves, we can be hopeful because we are about more than that. And we know Jesus wins and he has all the authority and he goes with us in that mission. Yes, that's great. Well, let's unpack that a bit. So last week you said that as Christians— Our political mandate is to promote the good, prevent the bad, and protect the weak. This week, you said we need to go beyond that, and you just mentioned that now. So let's let's talk about how how so. Yeah, and and what's really important is to, you know, what what we see in churches. You know, if we were going to stereotype, you know, you you see some churches or some Christian traditions basically stopping there, stopping Mm -hmm. at promote the good, prevent the bad protect the weak. So basically stopping with politics Mm -hmm. and not going beyond that, as if if we do that, that's enough. And then you'll have other churches that'll say, no, 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 it has nothing to do with promoting the good, preventing the bad, and protecting the weak. Mm. All we're going to do is promote the gospel, and we're going to stay out of all that other stuff as Christians. And and that's you're, you're you're not promoting good news, you're not proclaiming good news when you're not doing anything to protect the weak person who's right. being harmed by the powerful next door to you, right? So right. You, you 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 have to do both. You can't just do one or the other. Um, but what we can recognize is that it will never be enough. You can pick any society, any state, whatever 
your flavor is that you think has been the best on earth so far. Some mm. people might say, well, you know, 1900 United States. Some people might say Denmark right now. Or, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can pick, uh, you know, Puritan New England in 1750. You mm-hmm. pick. And sin has riddled that society, right? Like, it right. is never enough. Whatever the policies, whatever the cultural values are, whatever is going on, sin and death still reign there. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore... Christians have to be about more than simply the right policies, the right leaders, the right structures. Those matter, but there has to be more because we're Mm -hmm. still dying. Everyone is dying. We are still under this curse. And so we need the Savior from heaven, whom we are waiting for, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. We need him in our lives, in our communities, in our homes. And so we can't stop at just the right policies. Also, we're not proclaiming the gospel if we don't think at all about the policies, right? So right. there, there is this, people keep saying, threading the needle, right? right. People, yeah. people keep saying that to me, yeah. and that's, that's what we're talking about here. Right. So um, we have to go beyond those things, but, but also we don't need to agree on the specifics, right, in terms of the policies that, that, that liberal Christians and conservative Christians might uh, propose. But there are things that we should be able to— to unite around. So what? what sure, what and I, th- I think we talked a little bit about that last week in mm-hmm. terms of renouncing violence in order mm-hmm. to gain political power. You know, sort of like renouncing the the far left and far right in terms mm-hmm. of uh, communism or fascism. Um, we can do that. We can renounce the use of the sword to gain political power. Um, but one one thing that we talked about in in the sermon on Sunday is the politics of gospel proclamation. Right, looking at Paul's command that he wants believers everywhere to be praying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that the government leave the church alone so the church would be free to do its work, right? right. So I think uh, both liberal and, and conservative Christians agree that the church, the, the state needs to stay out of the church, right? right? In terms of uh, the church's practices, mm-hmm. uh, worship, and its freedom to proclaim the gospel. I think mm-hmm. um, American Christians on either side can and should agree on that. And like I said in the sermon, the First Amendment's a great starting point for that. Now, there's going to be some disagreements on exactly how that's interpreted, Right? right, but we can all agree that yes, there, there'll be no. The government will not take a side on religion, mm-hmm. and the government will not get involved in stopping this or that religion or promoting this or that religion. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree on that because we want a, a society where the the gospel proclamation can flow freely. That mm-hmm. that's that's what Paul asks everyone to pray for. So that's the best. That's the best situation. We know sometimes when persecution happens that the church grows, and it's amazing. Right. Other times when persecution happens, the church dwindles, right? right. So we can't say, hell, oh, persecution's great. And we also know that sometimes when the state sides with the church, well, the church gets corrupted. Yeah. And, and you right. know, true, sincere Christians dwindle, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it seems like there's, again, this sort of Goldilocks place where the church stays out of religion, or the, the state stays out of religion, stays out of the church, and the church is free to... Uh, proclaim the gospel. And so I think b- both people on left and right can agree on that. And uh, one thing that's interesting I didn't, I didn't bring up in the sermon at all is, is there are some times, however, when it seems to make sense that the state does get to um, have, have a reach into the church, and that's when, that's when it gets to protecting the weak, mm-hmm. right? So in terms of child abuse, right. in terms of domestic abuse, what we, one, of the, one of the weaknesses we've seen in churches, both Protestant and not Protestant, over the last 20 years, are uh, churches saying, you know, we'll handle this in-house. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, but when, when a crime has been committed and when someone has been hurt or abused or mm-hmm. assaulted, well, that now is a matter of the state, right? Yeah. God has given the state that role mm-hmm. uh, to punish the bad and prevent the bad and to protect the weak, and using the sword to protect the weak. So uh, that is something that I think Christians also need to uh, agree on, which right. is, you know what, you know, mandated reporting, these kinds sure. of things, like, we are going to get the state involved when someone is uh, in, in, in real danger and being threatened by someone else. So when we think about the mission of the church, we're talking about uh, proclaiming the gospel and uh, making disciples. So in terms of, of how that should help us to think about politics, how, how does that work then? So anything that, that in politics that does not allow us to do that is not good. Yeah, so wanting to, again, so promoting policy, so even beyond that, Matt, Mm -hmm. so thinking about will this policy, how will this policy enable gospel proclamation or Mm -hmm. hurt gospel proclamation, particularly if there is a a sense that the Christians are voting en masse Mm -hmm. to do this or that thing, how ultimately does that help our non-Christian neighbors hear and receive the gospel? Right. That has to be a question. That's not the only question sure. that, that we're asking ourselves as we're deciding on who or what to support or not support, but that as, as believers, since we know that proclaiming the gospel and making disciples is the ultimate mission, right. then we should be using our political power and authority to promote that. Right. That doesn't mean at the point of the sword we force people to get baptized. Sure. Like, happened sure. in the Middle Ages or, you know, Dark Ages, like, that did happen. And that was the way things worked back then. We're not going to do that now. Yeah. We're not going to use the sword for that purpose. So it's not just pass laws and force people to go to church, but it is be thoughtful about how our laws and how our politics and how our politicians, um, how they are received by non-Christians and what kind of society is created and, and how will that enable or hinder gospel proclamation. And mm-hmm. we, have to be, we have to be thoughtful about that. Yeah. So what's the difference between making a nation of disciples versus making disciples of all nations? Yeah, so this is, I think, a part of the part of the area where we can get confused, and um, in particular because uh, there's this, you know, long strain of what we call American exceptionalism, city mm-hmm. on a hill, mm-hmm. um, where even, you know, the, the Puritans believe they were coming to New England to tr- truly establish mm. the, the best human society and and that's that that's been a strain throughout american history that hey abraham lincoln said we are the world's last best hope Mm -hmm. right i mean so there there is american exceptionalism uh you know both religious and political and what can happen is and someone just told me this yesterday that a relative of theirs said the kingdom of god is the united states of america oh wow i mean and and there is that Mm. feeling out there right that that doing what's good for america is what's good for the kingdom of god Mm. and that's not true right right? there's nothing in scripture to suggest that that's the case and and what i was saying is that the church therefore this mission is a international supranational Mm -hmm. project Mm -hmm. that jesus has us on we can't go backwards in salvation history Back then, in the Old Testament, was when uh, the idea was to build a nation of disciples, right? right? So that all the nations would stream to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. All the surrounding nations would see the wisdom and beauty of God's law and God's way. Mm -hmm. But but all that was fulfilled and done in Jesus and his life, death, and resurrection. So now he sends his people to go and be... Uh, these um, you know communities mm-hmm. of of communities of the kingdom everywhere throughout right. the throughout the globe yeah. uh, in all nations so that that might like yeast spread and begin changing and reaching 
all peoples everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what that does is it enables us to be more thoughtful about the church and gospel proclamation versus nationalism, right? right? Versus like, I need my nation to survive, I need my nation to be great, it's fine to want your nation to be great and to survive, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you don't need it to, like you actually need the church, right? right so right. Do, what, do, what do we love more? Huh. Do we love the church, or do we love our nation, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. and man, um, patriotism's powerful. It is powerful, right? right? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I still get goosebumps when the national anthem is played. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I love my country. Right. Um, and I'm, I am deeply, deeply proud that my grandfathers, who I'm named for, Robert Thomas, um, they risked their lives to fight fascism and to defend their country in World War II. Like, mm-hmm. my goodness, that's that's amazing, right? What an mm-hmm. incredible heritage. Right. Um, and I and I love this place, and I love its ideals. I love the Declaration of Independence. I love the Constitution. I love so much of our history. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I actually need to love the Church more, because right. that is what is eternal. That is what is going to be brought into the new heavens and new earth. Mm. That is our primary call. Mm-hmm. That's where our primary identity is and our narrative is. It's with right. the church. It's with God's people, mm-hmm. not with the United States of America, which, like I said in, in the second sermon, uh, has an expiration date. Yeah. So we can still love our nation and be ambassadors of heaven, right? There's no absolutely no contradiction there. So what's the difference, though, between nation building and church building? I think that it, it comes down to this, the, what we talked about in the sermon, which is, what is the priority in your thinking, um, in your actions? Is the priority uh, the, the politicians, mm-hmm. the leaders, the policies, um, the strength of your nation, or is the priority um, gospel proclamation, making disciples, um, the, the beauty the purity, the health of the church, both mm-hmm. your local church and the church nationally and globally. Um, and, you know, where, where are we putting our emotions? Mm-hmm. Where are we putting our energy? And, um, and I think, you know, both Christians on the left and the right, as this is the, why we're having the, the sermon series, mm-hmm. is they can end up putting far more emotion and energy in the politics, in, na- yeah. in national politics even, right. not even local politics, where we have far more say and control. Right. But we but we are all caught up in national politics yes. because there's a national identity at stake, mm-hmm. and we're fighting for that. And, and we give ourselves more to that than we do to gospel proclamation and mm-hmm. what it means to be God's pilgrim people here in a broken world. Mm-hmm. So if we're all about... Proclaiming the gospel and making disciples, this should change the way we engage in politics yeah, and I, our priorities. Ab- absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, um, you know, once again, I think what what you can do is by recognizing that proclaiming the gospel goes further than politics, mm-hmm. then what that means is that our politics uh, are, in some sense, relativized into that. So meaning that, hey, I care. I care about promoting the good, preventing the bad, and protecting mm-hmm. the weak, and I care about my nation. I care about it. Right. But it's not the final thing. It's yes. it's this is not ultimate. In fact, no no perfect policy will ever be able to perfectly protect the weak or promote the good or prevent the bad. Right? right. These are secondary, penultimate solutions that sure. God has given us now, uh, as we are out of the garden. Right between the garden and the city, mm-hmm. between the garden and the heavenly city. Mm-hmm. Here we are. Government is what God has given us to make things somewhat better, mm-hmm. but not as the final, uh, ultimate solution. The ultimate solution is Jesus returning, bringing heaven with him, and we have a chance to have him and taste that and be united to him now mm-hmm. as 
as we believe and receive the gospel. So that's what what can help kind of frame our our political activity. We take it seriously, but it's not end-all, be-all. It's not a zero-sum game. It's not cutthroat. It's not my identity depends on my side winning or my side being vindicated. Mm-hmm. So is is partisanship a sin? <laughs> yeah. And, and how, if so, how do we renounce it (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what matt i think it depends on your it depends on your definition of partisanship Mm -hmm. what i would say is um i you know what i i would like every church member at gray south bay to be an active member of a political party Mm -hmm. because i think when people are actually engaging in the political process that way our democracy works better our Mm -hmm. democracy needs political parties that's just that's just how it is the founders didn't recognize that and so the constitution isn't perfect for that reason but it would never be perfect but it's it, it's missing that mm-hmm. and so uh but political parties are necessary to the democratic process uh so i think it so in that sense partisanship is fantastic mm-hmm. right because if you're in a political party then you're actually able to uh, affect the the local policies and platforms maybe you're part of the county or state party you know Mm -hmm. like you might even have a chance or or us collectively might have a chance to uh impact you know national platforms on Mm -hmm. various parties not just one party all the parties right i mean c.s lewis has a great essay about this Hmm. in the mid-20th century should Hmm. there be a christian party he says Hmm. no christians should be in all the parties right right? like working like yeast Uh right To, to make all the parties better now I shouldn't be in a political party. As a pastor, mm-hmm. this office of leading a church, um, I shouldn't be in a political party. Right. I'm not affiliated with any party because my job is to lead a congregation, right. lead, a, lead a community of people. But I think it's I think it's a great idea for our people to be more involved in the political process that way. Now, mm-hmm. if you're saying partisanship as this is my tribe, right, right, and and these are my people, and I got their backs, and I'm going to. Um, ignore the cognitive dissonance mm-hmm. that some of these policies create, and I'm mm-hmm. going to whitewash everything that this party has mm-hmm. done or stood for or how they act in Washington or Sacramento. If you're talking that kind of partisanship, yes, that's a real problem. Right. And and some of us probably need to step back from mm-hmm. that, not disengage, but step back mm-hmm. from that and recognize I'm putting too much of my identity and finding too much of my narrative and my own justification, which we'll talk about this coming week, uh, in this narrative that this party, that this tribe has created. Mm -hmm. And that that is something that, you know, we need to, if if we find ourselves in that situation, then we actually need to kind of choke off the sources that are providing that for us. And oftentimes Mm -hmm. that's news outlets, Mm -hmm. information outlets, sometimes interacting, sometimes certain interactions with people. Um, You know, you get a few people together and, you know, the tone can really change in terms of how you're talking about the world, how you're talking about the community, how you're talking about those people out there who are not a part of the tribe. Mm -hmm. And, And sometimes, like, as we've we've you know talked about this rule before, if if you don't walk away from an interaction better able to love people not like you, right. then that might be something you need to to leave because you know the point of the gospel is you can actually love your enemies right. and care for them. Yeah, I wonder if, if it's even possible to. Well, I, I, I'll answer my own question, but to disparage those on the other side of the political aisle while simultaneously trying to intercede for them for their salvation. Right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I think we've all experienced this times when, you know, we find ourselves deeply angry at someone, yeah. you know, hurt by them or angry or, and then um, at some point, probably you've felt this um, call to, well, I need to pray for that person. Mm-hmm. And that 
you know, now sometimes you you react viscerally to that, like, no, I'm not going to pray for that. Like, right. I can't pray for that person. Yeah. I'm I'm angry at that person. But just the act of praying for someone that you are deeply angry with mm-hmm. um, can act can begin to change your heart toward them. Like you, you like so. What you're saying right. is you cannot you cannot basically. Um, have contempt for mm-hmm. someone, right? That's what we see. We see contempt, yeah. this dismissive contempt, dehumanizing. Um, you can't do that and then at the same time bring them before God um, and intercede for them in prayer. Yeah. You, you can't do both. And right. so if we are recognizing that, you know, this person bears God's image, yeah, they disagree with me about these political questions and, you know, in terms of overall values of how society should work, but they are still made in God's image. They are still objects of mercy for whom, as far as I know, Christ died, and mm-hmm. I should believe Christ died for them until you know, right. they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if that's how I look at them, then I, I cannot show them that contempt. I cannot have this contemptuous feeling uh, in my heart toward them. And when we do, we confess that, yeah. and we repent of it, and then we work towards, how do I not do that to that mm-hmm. person? How do I not feel that way about that person? I mean, you look at the way Paul talks about it, he was being beaten, yeah. right, and sometimes tortured, or he was watching other Christians beaten and tortured, and he's still saying, respect the authorities, right? Mm-hmm. Be be uh, uh, gentle with others, right? And don't live in malice right. and, and hatred, you know? So, like, he, uh, as much as anyone knows what it's like, he has all kinds of rights to be deeply angry and mm-hmm. to be deeply anti-Roman and anti-authoritarian, and he's not because he knows Jesus, yeah. and he knows that that's what Jesus went through as well, and he mm-hmm. is united to him in his suffering and in his resurrection. And so that's what's, that's what's open to us as well. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if we want to be true sources of hope in the world, uh, whether we need to hold our political affiliations loosely then. Of course, yeah. I mean, mm. definitely, I, I mean, I think, I think um, loosely doesn't necessarily mean casually or cavalierly. Right, right. yeah. Or non-sincerely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but loosely, like we should hold everything loosely yeah. uh, in the sense that, um, you know, what, whatever we are clinging to, uh, to define who we are mm-hmm. and to um, give us our identity, our narrative, our purpose, meaning, value, um, we cling to those things. I mean, it could be money, it can be family, it can be career, and more and more, a part of that is politics and political yeah. loyalties. And and as we do that, we distort our own humanity. We are not able to love people well around us. I mean, we mm-hmm. know that if we are clinging to our our children to give us our identity, meaning, and value, we will destroy them, or we will we will damage them, yeah. right? We right. know that. Um, and, and the same thing is true here, is that if, if we are if we're clinging to our country, if we're clinging to, you know, our nation uh, to, to, to give us an identity, what that does in the end is it, it, it makes it impossible for us to actually look at it honestly mm-hmm. and address places that it needs to be fixed, right. right? Like, if you are finding your identity in Jesus, then you can approach anyone or anything with a certain amount of objectivity and say, you know what, I care about this but my life is not dependent on this. Mm-hmm. And so now I have some distance that I can actually be helpful. Mm-hmm. I can actually be helpful to this nation, to mm-hmm. this family, to this person, to this workplace, whatever. So yes, holding loosely, that doesn't mean that we are not sincere. Right. It doesn't mean we care, uh, that we don't care deeply about these things. Or have convictions. Or, or yeah, 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 convictions, yeah. absolutely. Right. Right. Um, but we are not, again, 
holding tightly, gripping to this for our uh, identity, for our worth, for our value, meaning for our uh, direction in life. This is yes. not what gives us our direction in life. Jesus gives us our direction in life, and the direction he gives is, you're going to go, mm-hmm. and as you go, I'm going to go with you, right. and you're going to proclaim the gospel, and I'm going to be with you all the days to the very end of the age. Right? right? That's the direction we're given. Right. Proclaim the gospel, make disciples, that's what we're all about. Yep. And, and indeed, it's a hopeful message uh, for this time. No. Thank you, Bob. The title of the sermon is Hopeful. It's the third sermon in Bob's series, The Gospel is Greater Than Politics. You can listen to all of our sermons in this podcast on iTunes and Spotify and on our website at gracesouthbay.com. You can also find a link on our website to ask questions for this podcast, and we hope that you do. If you don't already, we'd love to have you join us for our weekly worship service. We meet Sundays at 9 a.m. at Crossroads Bible Church in San Jose, California. We hope your week is going well, and we look forward to our next time together. Until that time, Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening.